welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Today on Moses, as we look at a face-to-face divine encounter that he had with the Lord, God wants us to encounter him. Amen? Not just here, but every day. And we can encounter him multiple times throughout the day. And here are several verses that I'm going to look at in chapter 33. Now, I don't like it when somebody gets up to speak, a teacher or a preacher gets up and apologizes for reading many scripture passages. It's like apologizing for giving me food. We came to eat, didn't we? And the word of God is the bread of life. Amen? So chapter 33, verse 8. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all of the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went inside the tent, into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, face to face. Can you say that with me? Face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. One day, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name. I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. And Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I will look favorably on you, and I know you by name. And Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. And the Lord replied, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. And I will call out my name Yahweh before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone that I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. And the Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock, and as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. This is just so amazingly good. Really. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I met God. And I want you to spell it M period, E period, T period. I'm going to explain that in a moment, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to meet with you, and you've come to meet with us today. Lord, cause our hearts and our minds to be open. Holy Spirit, speak to us today, Lord, I pray, and make me a preacher of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Moses stands as the preeminent prophet of the Old Testament. 
He is indeed a friend of God because the Scripture tells us. Moses is the man that has accumulated such incredible amount of relational equity of God that their relationship stands head and shoulders above any other relationship that God had with any other prophet in the Old Testament. Moses starts off this relationship in Exodus chapter 3 where he sees a burning bush that's burning up. We know that story well. But it's not being consumed, and it comes in this miraculous encounter that is literally life-changing as we read it in Scripture. He's a fugitive at the time. He's uh, one that has run away from the Egyptian culture that he was raised up in because he murders an Egyptian man that is fighting with a Hebrew. And it was for Moses a sign externally of what was already taking place internally in his heart. Growing up in an Egyptian culture, not knowing that he was a Hebrew by blood. And Moses, he goes on the run, and he runs from this, and he goes out there for 40 years, and God encounters him in such a miraculous way that he speaks to Moses, and he tells him, I want you to go back to the scene of the crime, and I want you to go back to the place where you've messed up. You're not going back this time as a fugitive. You're going back as a leader now because I've healed you and made you whole. And I, can, I just want to stop and say this for just a moment. God is the only type of person who can take something and someone that is so bad and turn it around and make it so good, if you hear me say amen. He's the only one that can do that for your life and mine. He's the only one that can do that. Take us through our problems and lead us with our passions to be somebody that he's called us to be and to give us a breakthrough. So he tells him to go back, and he does. And over a million people come out of Egypt, and they get to the Red Sea. Moses raises his hand, and the Red Sea splits, and they walk over on dry ground. And this is literally what is known as a type and a shadow inside of Scripture. And let's just say this, if you will, for just a moment, that the Old Testament is actually the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Let me say that again. The Old Testament is actually the New Testament that is concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament that is now revealed. So when he sees these, and we see these things in the Old Testament, they are actually what we call type and shadows of what is to come. They are kind of like these little glimpses and hints of what God will do and what he's going to do in the New Testament, but it's cryptic in the Old Testament. We see this when you see the children of Israel go through the Red Sea, it's actually a type and shadow of water baptism. That we might come out of bondage in our old life that we realize is being buried into the water that a new life is about ready to come forth in a new covenant with God himself. So when they come through on the other side, they begin this journey with God through the wilderness by which they will be provided for supernaturally. When they get hungry, they wake up in the morning, bread's on the ground in the form of manna. When they get thirsty, God tells Moses to strike the rock and water gushes out enough to quench the thirst of a million people. Think about that. This is a man who has an experience after another experience that God has with him. Which is why, as you look in Exodus chapter 33, it's so intriguing. Here's Moses, a man who gets to meet with God in a way that no one else does. The scripture literally says that God would come into the tent of meeting, and they had this tent of meeting different from the tabernacle, set aside from that, out in the distance, and Moses would go in this tent, 
And when he would go in this tent, God would come and meet with him, and there would be a pillar of cloud would literally come into the tent, and there God and Moses would talk face to face. What an encounter. Can you imagine? I don't know about you, but that's a good day when God comes into your tent and talks with you. Are you with me? It's a good day. Can you imagine going in your prayer closet, and a cloud would come in there with you, and God's like, hi, I'm God. I'm here to meet with you. I'm your friend. It's amazing. He had these divine encounters. Scripture says that he would go into the tent of meeting and the cloud would come down that literally people would come out of their tents just to watch this encounter from the outside. Stand and see the interaction that he had with God. That was Moses. And Moses said, and the scripture says that he talked to God face to face. Not only does it say that in Exodus 33, Numbers 12, 6 through 8 says, and the Lord said, says this to them, listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses of all my house. He is the one that I trust. I speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? When it says that God met with Moses face to face, it's an anthropomorphic term, big word, genius term, where you see that there is the use of human characteristics that tries to explain something that is so divine, we would never understand it with symbolism. And it's kind of like the story of, of the mother who asked her son, what did you learn today in Sunday school? What happened? The little boy said, we learned about Israel crossing the Red Sea. His mother asked, what did the teacher say about Israel crossing the Red Sea? And the boy replied, well, it's like this, Israel built a bridge over the Red Sea. They got in buses, crossed over the bridge. Then when the Egyptians came after them, God sent some F-16 fighter jets and dropped bombs on them until they were all destroyed. And his mother looked skeptical. He, she said, come on now. Your teacher couldn't have explained Israel crossing the Red Sea that way, to which her son replied, no, but if I told you how it really happened, you'd never believe me. <laughs> right? That we can't understand so many times the divine encounter, all that is in the midst of that, trying to explain it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, when God comes, you can't explain it away. When you have an encounter with God, you won't be able to explain it fully because that's what an encounter with God looks like. Probably the most notable story, most celebrated miracle in Israel's history was the crossing of the Red Sea. Right? We're aware of that. But what I want you to see today is that Israel has this incredible divine encounter with God in the context of the greatest dilemma in their history. Being trapped between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army that, that would come after them and try to slaughter them. Know this today for your life and mine. When you run into a real dilemma, God could be positioning you for a life-changing encounter with him. Are you with me today? Are you in the middle of a circumstance right now that it seems like this dilemma you can't get through? Let me tell you, it's in these moments that God can position you for a divine encounter with him. But also know this, because this is really the truth of the matter as well. Your Red Sea dilemma will actually get worse before it gets better. Amen? That's true. So God's talking to Moses face to face, seems crazy, face to face. Literally, it means mouth to mouth. When he speaks to him, 
he speaks plain. When God speaks to everyone else, it seems like it's cryptic. Like, I can't understand it. Like Ezekiel. He did not talk to Ezekiel face to face. He's like, Ezekiel, what did you see? I saw a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And then I saw like some heads. And then I like, one was a man and the other was like an ox. I think, and you think, thank you, Ezekiel. I think I'm going to go to another passage of scripture where I kind of understand, right? It was different. God would talk to Moses face to face. He would tell Moses clearly, I'm going to kill those people. And Moses was, no, 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 don't kill them. Let's start over. Let's do this differently. There was a divine encounter that Moses had. Imagine having this kind of encounter and relationship with God. The type of relationship that people envy. Moses has this on a daily basis. Every time he walks into the tent, the glory cloud comes and gets, gets to speak. He gets to speak with God mouth to mouth. More than just face to face, it's mouth to mouth. He clearly understands what I am saying. When we read further in the text, we see Moses doesn't seem satisfied with his relationship with God. He turns to God in a conversation and he says, you've been telling me that you're going to lead me and you're going to help, I'm going to be the leader to the promised land, but you haven't told me who's going with us. God says, I'm going with you. Now, at this point, I would say in my own life, I'm, I'm good. Once God tells me, I, you know, you're going with me, right? How many of you are with me? I'm good, God, because you're going, but Moses keeps pressing it. And, and, and keeps pressing it. But when, we, when he says this to Moses, Moses goes, okay, so right, if you're going to go with us, I need to know because why we're blessed and we're not blessed because I'm a great leader. We're not blessed because we're great warriors. The only thing that separates us from other people in the world is that your divine presence is with us. Believers in the room online today, that is a separation point, that God's divine presence is with us. There are people that are serving other small G gods that are hoping, but that will never pan out. They're hoping that their God will lead them on to greater promises. For the body of Christ, for every believer, the definitive point is because his presence will go with us, that God's presence is with you is with you. This is the reason why we're going to make it. This is the reason why you can't stop today. It's because his presence will go with you. Whatever problem you're going through that is absolutely temporary today, and it's setting up the next breakthrough in your life because God's presence is with you. I just wonder for a moment, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise because his presence is with us today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But your presence is with us. Your presence is with us. Moses realized after those powerful divine encounters that his presence was with, with him and that he could do things that were not humanly possible. The reason that we're going to make it is because your presence, God, is, is with us. And I said this at our annual vision meeting as I prayed, God, if your presence doesn't go before us, we're not going. When we need to pray those type of prayers in our life, God, if your presence doesn't go, then I'm not going either. I can't go on to this next thing that I really want to go on to. But God, if your presence doesn't lead me to that next place or go talk to that person at this point, then I'm not going. That we walk in uh, circumspect and have a perspective of his divine 
presence that he wants to lead us because without him, it's not possible. We're not going to take a step, God. We're not going to take a step. I'm not going forward unless you go with us. But Moses wasn't satisfied after the first time, and God had to calm him down and say, hey, man, I'm with you. I'm with you. God reassures him a second time. God looks favorably upon you. Everything is going to be okay. Moses presses this, and he says, yeah, you are really going with me. Then show me your glory. What? Moses pursues God in such a way that we should every single day. A man that had this many, this many experiences with God that doesn't, doesn't come familiar with, with maybe many of us, but God wants us to pursue him daily and all that we're going through. He says, I, I just want to know you a little bit more. I just want to know you more intimately. Show me your glory, the weight of your glory. That word is, really means the weight of God's presence. I, I want a different characteristic of who you are. There's something more that I can learn from your presence today, Lord, that I didn't know yesterday. There's something more. Yeah, I know your cloud comes in my tent. There, there's, a, there's bread on the floor. I know that there's water that comes out of the rock, but I'm not satisfied with the relationship the way it is. Show me more. Don't become satisfied in your relationship with God today. Come on, God. That Yes, I know you're going to show up. God, I know you're faithful. Some of you are like, you're just too familiar with what God already does. But let's ask God to lead us to this place of uncomfortability today. To, Lord, show me your presence and show me your glory so that I can know you in ways that I do not know you at this current moment. Show me more. God tells Moses, listen, if I show you my glory, there's going to be a side effect. How how do I explain this to you? We're cool. I love you. We're friends. I'm going to show you my glory. But but if you really want my glory, if you really want to see it, you're going to die and you're going to be dead because that's what people do when they die. They're dead. No one can see my face and live. Let me tell you something. If you have anybody in the day we live tell you that they saw God's face, they're lying. Why do I know that? Because God's presence would melt your face off. Right? What am I going to do? Moses, I'm going to put you in the rock. And when we get to the rock, I'm going to put my hand over you and I'm going to cover you. And my glory is going to pass by. And when my glory passes by, I'm going to remove my hand and let you see my back parts, which on the Lord are absolutely glorious, by the way, if you never knew that. (laughs) So remember the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. When we see this rock, we are not just seeing a rock by coincidence. We're seeing an Old Testament type and shadow of Jesus Christ. And you're going to see that continue to pop up. You see this through the Old Testament that comes and is revealed in the New Testament. It's the power of Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is what? Sinking sand. That's the type and shadow as he comes through the Old Testament, reveals in the New Testament by who he is. That's why Jesus says in the New Testament, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Moses, he experienced that and he continued to have this with the Lord that in the tent of meeting, it's how he experiences God every single day. God wants us to experience him in a new and a radical way. But there are three things as we bring this down here today. There are three things that make up having met with God. 
that I'm going to talk about. And if you're taking notes, write these down. Three things that we need to have that we can say that we, we met with God. Number one, and we need a miracle. We, we need a miracle, church. We, you didn't hear me. We need a miracle, church. No, you didn't hear me yet because you're quiet. We need a miracle. I'm not talking about just physical healings, although these are absolutely wonderful. I'm talking about the one miracle that nobody else can do except God, and that is change our heart. The greatest miracle that you can have is a heart change. That's the greatest miracle, hands down. So much so in Luke chapter 5, this is the story of the man who comes through the roof and his friends cut a hole in the roof and lower him down to see Jesus. And the paralyzed man's looking up at Jesus and Jesus is looking down at the paralyzed man and they don't agree on where he was paralyzed. There's not an agreement where this man really is paralyzed first. Jesus is saying, I need to heal your heart, you're paralyzed, but not where you think. He looks down at this man whose body is distorted, and, and he said, your sins are forgiven. To, to really the chagrin of the, the people who cut the hole in the roof are really, really like, but left with a choice whether I will heal a body or save a soul, I will save a soul on any given moment first. The miracle of a heart change is, is that in that, when you have a divine encounter with God, it will change your heart first. It will change us from the inside out. We, we can't get out of our sins without God's help. This isn't about being good, good people. It's about being God's people. And, and we need a miracle. Second, E, we need to have an experience. Moses had an experience with God that changed him from the inner core of who he was. The experiences we go through in our lives testify that God is real. I, I'm, I'm talking about more, yes, we live life every day. And if you just live life, yeah, you're going to have experiences. But, but wouldn't you rather have an experience with the Lord so that your perspective can be clear and go and do what he wants you to do in life first? Moses had a burning bush experience, a place where he met God, a place where he witnessed God's power in his presence. So when God wants to give you an encounter with himself, it will typically involve a test first, right? God, why is that? Because God wants to know if what you amend on Sunday is real in your life on Monday. Are you with me? That it just wasn't protocol today that you showed up in the body of Christ and checked the box and said amen and gave in the offering. But God wants to see if your faith is real in him today for what you say to amen with today in your heart. You're going to live it out to be real tomorrow. Amen? It's a real work of the Lord. And when you and I have a divine encounter with him, it's real. It's real. And he wants to reveal what's inside of us so that he can come and do it a powerful work so that, yes, we have this encounter that he would change our heart, but that we would experience him in a new way. And the, and the last thing we must have, but what does M-E spell? 
me, right? It's not, not a trick question. These are the experiences that happened to me. Both of these things need to happen to me. They, they are individual. In order for it to become a story, we have to meet with God. I met God. I continue to meet with God. Then there's T, and T is our testimony. Number three is our testimony. Can you say testimony? We need to share our testimony. If there's one thing that needs to change in the body of Christ, it is our testimony. Not the edited version. They help no one. They just preserve our own reputation. Do you know your edited version of your testimony just glorifies you? How many, are you with me, church? But, but there's an unedited version of you and a version of you that, uh, that, that God wants you to share. And so that when you do that, it will glorify God and not you. Amen. You ever heard somebody, I gave my life to Jesus, been all good ever since. What? <laughs> not mine. Mm -mm. That was it. Don't pull the experience out of your testimony. How many of you know the Bible is not edited? I mean, that's just it. There it is. It's laid out. It's read there. You see the good, the bad, the ugly. God's not intimidated with our failures. He's not intimidated with what you've done. He already knows what you've done. If, if, you just, if you just put me, God says, in the middle of your mess, I will turn it into a message. I will turn your test into a testimony. And we need to share our testimony more than ever before. Church, people's hearts are open to your testimony and your story. Would you please share it now? People are, are looking. They're searching. They're looking for something spiritual. May not be what they think, but they're looking for you to share your story and not the edited version of you, but the unedited version of you so that others would come to Jesus Christ, so that others would experience him, so that others would encounter him. I don't know about you, but I get excited when we come together on Sunday morning in all of our services, whether it be we see it on Wednesday night in Crave, we see it in our kids' ministry, that people are coming to encounter God. I don't know about you first. I come to this church, yes, to encounter God first and to encounter each other as well. But I've come here so that every Sunday we can come together and we can encounter the Lord together and what he is saying to us together because he's moving in this church together because he wants us to experience his divine presence. Moses had a divine encounter with God in a number of places with God. And I want you to be encouraged in this that a wilderness preceded Moses' divine encounters. And um, that, may, that may be exactly where you're at today. You're in the middle of a dilemma that you can't get through. But all of that can change in a moment. It can change in a moment. And after these divine encounters, you see, Moses had, had, a, had a fresh revelation of God. Listen, after your divine encounter that you're going to have with God today, whether it's here in this place and we're going to worship the Lord and then I'm just going to invite people to th this altar today for a divine encounter with him and let him fill us, but that we would experience his presence. But let me tell you something. On the other side of the encounter, there's something that happens. You and I will get a fresh revelation of God. It won't be stale. It will be new and it will be fresh. In chapter three, Moses is asking God, when I, when I come to the children of Israel and they ask, what is your name? He tells them, say this, I am who I am has sent me to you. They had never known God like this before. 
This is a fresh revelation that God was giving to his people that he loved. To us today, he's saying, I am who I am has sent me to you. Listen, listen, I want us to understand this. We are very intelligent people as Americans. And we, we have great books. And many are, many are satisfied with good theology alone. And many are satisfied with just good doctrine and good teaching and good church practice. And all of that is great. But it stops short of the divine encounter that God wants us to have with his presence today. And we come to the mountain and then we back off because we have all these fears. Oh man, if, you know, in my heart, if God only knew. God already knows what's in your heart. But if we're willing to come and we're, we're willing to confess our sins and we're willing to have him forgive us that today he wants to draw you closer into a deeper relationship with him. He, he wants to know you and we should want to know him on a more intimate basis like Moses did. That you realize that after the divine encounter, there's going to come a fresh revelation of God. But also, another thing that took place after the divine encounter is it affected the deliverance of a nation. Divine encounters are not just for us, but for our nation. How many of you realize that our nation, it needs help today? That's to say it politely. I mean, our nation needs help. If we could have fixed it with good theology, we would have done it by now. And good doctrine. Those things are good and well, but we need the divine presence of the Lord. And you and I are carriers of the Spirit of God in these days. Let's just back that up a minute. Let's just back it up to our own family. Some of you are saying, I need to see my family whole forgiven there's there needs to be a there needs to be a, a revelation of you god let's back it up if there needs to be a divine revelation in your family today you should be some of the first people at this altar this second service today that god wants to come and he wants to show up on your behalf here he wants to use you to be a carrier of his spirit to your home to your workplace to the students that are here, you can't do it alone on your campus. God's going to fill you with his divine presence today. And you're going to be a carrier of the presence of God. You're going to be a carrier of the presence of God that is going to go before you no matter where you're at. He's going to touch you and he's going to reveal himself to you. You're going to know him intimately. You're going to get a divine revelation of the Lord because that's who he is and that's what he does for his people because he loves us and God's presence is with you. There's a divine revelation. God wanted to change a nation. He used an ordinary man, Moses. We look at these biblical characters so many times. We look at them just as good stories. But Moses, this ordinary guy, this ordinary young boy, sent down the river, another type and shadow of God's deliverance. That God's going to use you today. That, that he wants to use you to touch your family and to touch this land that so desperately needs it. We need the divine presence of the Lord today. So I'm going to ask you today, as we prepare our hearts for this time of prayer, and the worship team is going to sing, we're going to stand to our feet. But can you say, I met with 
God today. And, 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 and worship, uh, if you'll come forward, uh, our team get ready to lay hands upon people and pray. I want you to prepare your hearts in this moment. You want to meet with him today? He's here. Do not be afraid. Maybe it's today you're at a dilemma and you need a divine encounter. Would you come and receive prayer today? Maybe it's something that you're seeing. I need deliverance in my own family. Maybe it's for our nation. Maybe you're just going to come and stand for somebody. Your, your wife or your husband that has lost your child. Whatever it is today, he is in the room. The king is in the room today. The king is in the room. So as we sing this together, would you step out of your seats? Would you come and would you receive prayer today? And let's believe God for a, a breakthrough and a divine encounter. Blessed week.